Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program is brought to you by Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils and mulches, Route 2 in Moortown. The Willie Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you in Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester, with those great Mega Monday coupons at Clausen's.com. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned, right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more, Route 2 in Montpelier. And by the fine people at V's Flowers and Garden Shop. They have it all for you. Main Street in Waitsfield. Our program here on WDEV with Peter Burke invites your telephone participation. That's right. Give us a call with how things are going in your garden or any garden questions you might have. Our lines are open locally at area 802-244-1777 or toll free from anywhere. 877-291-8255. And we say good afternoon to Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello. Uh, beautiful out there, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's quite the uh, festival out here right on uh, Stowe Street. Yeah, it's, it's packed out there. Waterbury Arts Festival. So oh, uh, on the, the Main Street, is, or Stowe Street. Stowe well, Street. I keep throwing it. Main Street is yeah, yeah. not the Main Street in Stowe, uh, in water. Let me start over again. <laughs> it's time for it's Peter Burke. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stowe Street. Well, anyway, it's quite, it's the, closed. quite the art fest out <laughs> right. there. And there's booths that wrap all the rail around to the... Anyway, that's, that's And great. food vendors, too. Yeah, and that's, food vendors, That's my yes. idea of art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, me too. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. last night we uh, I harvested my second crop of uh, radishes. So I oh got some goodness, really yeah. beautiful uh, the breakfast, uh, you know, the French breakfast ones, those long ones that are white on the bottom and red on top. Oh, I love those, yeah. And uh, and then some uh, regular white icicle ones, and these are all ones that grow better in the hotter weather. Yeah, gotcha. And they grew beautiful, beautiful. Any of those daikons yet that you talked uh, about? No daikons yet. Yeah, those were just planted. Those are a, they're a, a late planting, and they won't harvest those until those the fall. Those are the Paul Bunyan uh, They radishes. are, uh, for absolute sure, the yeah. biggest radish you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> I have pictures of my wife cradling them like the size of a baby. Anyway, uh, so we had those, and then I had uh, three kale plants that somehow or another I had forgot to pull in the fall, and uh, I just cut them down and took all the leaves off of them, and then I snuck some of the leaves, the big leaves, off the kale plants that I planted. And uh, we had, um, you know, we, we had uh, the cooked kale, and my wife dresses it up pretty nice and uh, those radishes were sitting i have set them on the on a plate on the table and i you know it's look honey look at what we got and she said 
cut those greens off. I'm going to cook those too. (laughs) (laughs) So we had radish greens and we had kale. Interestingly, uh, last night uh, uh, we went to, uh, my wife and I went to the Flynn Theater for Uh an event and we're just walking through uh, downtown uh, Burlington uh, up one of the side streets and there is an old building that is now a law office and a very beautiful old building and got just a little bit of garden space and beautiful flowers and everything. But part of the floral display, which was just beautifully arranged, Mm. were kale plants. Oh, yeah. Used ornamentally. Yes. Boy, they look nice. Yeah. Rich and green. Those are the ones that sort of look like a, a head, uh, sort yeah, of right. red in the middle. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you can uh, Kale has come a long way from, from when I first started using it, that's for sure. But uh, this was all the, uh, the red rushing kale, so uh-huh. it has a little bit of ginger red on it. But once you cook it, it all turns green, mm-hmm. just like purple beans and all the yeah, rest. Yeah, my but. purple beans are coming along. Gosh, I just hope those critters stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> you my, haven't rung the dinner bell yet? <laughs> well, I, I, my, my granddaughter would just love to pick them. She did some last year. Oh, yeah. But I only had a handful because of the critter invasion. Yeah. But now I've got a whole, uh, well, I've yeah. actually got a got a got a whole raised bed full of them you're gonna have to get out there with your shotgun buddy i, I do <laughs> they're just wait they're just waiting well let's see we have a do have a caller on the line oh, which good. is the, part of the purpose of this program let's see if yep. I, every year every week it's a new adventure here i do believe we have somebody on the line your first name in town hi joel this is forbes hey how are you hey, forbes take a moment of your time i uh, just stopped uh, one of my neighbors um turning a two-and-a-half-acre extra lot he had into a pristine-looking thing Uh and asked him if he, uh, because it's proliferate with uh, red clover and all of the flowers that uh, we have this year. And uh, I explained to him that, you know, we need those pollinators. Oh, yeah. And uh, he he never thought of it, but he said, oh, yeah, no problem. I can wait until they, uh, Mm. they blossom out and then mow it. Mm-hmm. Big thing. So I think that's really important right now because the food material is tremendous. Yeah, yeah, for uh, for them. So you you were able to convince them to put off mowing right. for a little while. Right. Oh, great. Yeah, what a good idea. Some of the areas that uh, you know were grass but didn't have red clover and didn't yep. have a patch and everything else. Yeah. And he totally agreed. He never even thought of it. <laughs> well, good. Is uh, uh, that, that's their food supply? A little food for the bees. Yeah. Now, um, milkweed later. What are you growing right now? Um, just apples and blueberries. And then blueberries. That's yeah. Enough. Okay. So uh, one of the things I was uh, wanted to talk about this morning was apples this afternoon. Right. Uh, and um, it, it is uh, my wife takes the job of thinning them out every six inches. Right. And uh, it's a job that I just can't bring myself to do. Well, it's tough. Actually, they usually come in a cluster of threes. Yeah. So you take the weakest ones out uh-huh. and leave the best. And we had just a couple of weeks ago had the June drop, right. where tons of them dropped down. Yep. And I was say to, uh, I don't know if you pick those up or rake them up or... But some of them seem to have little bugs in them, so it seemed like it, in a small garden, it might be worth the trouble picking them up and and uh, throw them in the in the trash rather than compost them. Yeah, otherwise that uh, that that worm will uh, 
pupate and go into the ground and come yep. through in another cycle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you know, it's just like uh, thinning out a tomato plant. You know, some of the big beefsteak and the brandy wine, I go ahead and thin them down to one big one in each flower bunch. Right, right. And also, any of the limb limb material that's not productive. Yes. Yep. That draws away from the plant. Yep. Uh, I take everything up to the first flower, and then from that point on, I just leave uh, three or four branches at the top, and that's it. But what about the blueberries? Do you you don't prune them at all? Do you? Or yeah, I mean, no, I do. Oh, you do. Uh, really important because the uh, two spotted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That it likes the shade. Oh. So okay. that's how they operate. And uh, if you can get some sunlight into the main frame of the bush, uh-huh. they can't function very well. Uh, I see. Well, what about the, the fruit itself, though? You don't thin those out. No, no. Oh, okay. No. I have a heck of a crop of blueberries this year. It's, it, they're, they're so heavy that they're actually pulling the, the bushes down and over. Right. Yeah, they will. So you take some plastic uh, uh, stakes yeah. uh, with... Um, you know, fencing, yellow fencing, adjustables. Yeah. And you just prop them up for now. Yeah. Keep them in the sun. Okay. Well, you notice that um, we have an abundance of apples this year and nothing last year. Yeah. And the reason being, it overbeared the year before. And so it didn't set fruit wood for the following year. They set it in August for next year. Mm-hmm. So if a tree overbears, it, it won't set fruit wood, and then it becomes a biannual bearer. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's was my wife's contention with why we needed to thin out those apples, right. yep. and uh, she does a great job with it. And I, uh, I you know, bless her. <laughs> well, you'll have fruit every year that way, firing uh, hail and rain during the pollination time. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're just small trees, you know. We get yeah. the yeah. and uh, but they bear a beautiful, beautiful. We have some Honeycrisp and uh, and uh, 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 a yellow. You know, a nice early yellow, which is just as sweet as could be. Not a great keeper, but boy, it makes great applesauce. And right, uh, get some Dutchess if you can. Yeah. Okay. They uh, give you a pink applesauce. Oh, beautiful. Mm. So, do you fertilize those those fruit trees now? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I split my uh, fertilization. I go with the spring, and then just about now. Just about now. That's yeah. what I was thinking yeah, the too. The end of uh, July. And then I've been saying that you do need to water your fruit trees even though, you know, even though they they seem like they're doing just fine. It doesn't hurt to water them. Yeah, the best way is just an inexpensive uh, hydrometer, a little meter. Yeah. You can buy for, you know, six, seven bucks. Mm -hmm. Just stick it in the ground out near where the root zone is. Yeah. The drip edge. Okay, yeah. And that'll tell you pretty quick. If you you need to add a little water there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, Vorbs, thanks for the we'll call. They're pollinators <laughs> because without them, we have nothing. Boy, I guess. And uh, the uh, I've mentioned it any number of times. If you really want the bees to come, you want the uh, you want that uh, creeping time that just draws them in like uh, like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. The red clover. I've never seen it as abundant this year. Mm. That's bumblebee stock. Mm, yeah. They really uh, really do well. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for the call. Right. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Our numbers are 244-1777. That's the local 802 number or 877-291-8255. 
That's it. I saw something that was totally unique in my backyard near the garden mm-hmm. that, um, well, first time I've ever seen anything like this, and it uh, will parade my ignorance at this point because I'm sure there's a good explanation. But I found a big anthill, what looked like an anthill. No yeah. no uh, grass or anything, but a lot of fine soil that mm-hmm. looked like you know something. And crawling around, as I expected to see ants, weren't ants, but bumblebees. Really? Dozens of them. Bumblebees. Bumblebees, right on the ground. They, 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 I didn't uh, poke at one of them yeah, to see if they would fly or anything, because right. <laughs> I didn't want them all to take off and fly. But uh, they were just crawling around what looked to me like an anthill with about 30 um, very, I mean, I'm convinced they're bumblebees. They weren't sparrows or, <laughs> or other creatures. You know. Not yellow hummingbirds, anyway. Well, that's right, exactly. Well, every time I do well, report something, I uh, think my, that my wife says I, I, I didn't really see it, you know. Right, you know? right. But I, I think that's accurate. I think that the bumblebee does does make a nest in the ground from what I understood. It's just from what I've read. But you know, it's it's funny you say that because I have never come across a bumblebee hive. Well, that, that if it is, I'm taking care of it. And it's not in any place where... You take a picture? Well, no, I will take a picture. Yeah, I I'd, I could, I'd really like to see that. Yeah. Cause, the yeah. other, I might share another picture with you. I was talking about my wife saying, you didn't see that a while back. <laughs> and of course, before I had my cataracts, then I, I, I really couldn't even she, see stars. She was right, you couldn't see it. I, I, just, I could not see the spot on grackles so I always come up with these birds that she she's convinced did not exist and I said well I did see uh, I don't see the spots on the starlings but uh, I found a I said I saw a grackle with white on its head and she said it doesn't exist and so um, by just by chance the next day there he was again and I had my camera click and it indeed was a grackle with partial albinism Oh, Actually, really? Verified, yes. Oh, for heaven's sake! <laughs> grackle with white eye. So she was quiet for about a day, but uh, yeah, a day. see, a picture is worth a thousand <laughs> right. words. <laughs> oh, funny! I, I had no idea that there was even a, such a thing as partial. Yeah, al- albinism, they call uh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Partial albino yeah. bird. Right. <laughs> you know, all, so, all kinds of interesting things. We're looking for we're looking for that green jay that somebody saw. Oh, but yeah. You know, somebody saw a purple blue, or a, a green blue jay yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Maybe he was envious. Yeah, who knows? Of the, the bluebirds. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other thing that we harvested, we got the kale I mentioned. Oh, and the radish and the radish greens. And then uh, we also. Also, that uh, perpetual spinach has just finally started to come. I planted a whole bunch of that. I mean, I, I planted uh, six squares worth plus another two squares. And the very first ones that I planted are, are coming up in there maybe eight inches tall and I just did a whole bunch of thinnings and we had them right in the salad just like a regular spinach and they were fantastic really well worth it I was really pleased to have spinach again how are your vine crops coming uh, so far good really yeah uh, the only one that I that was a looked a little peaked was um, the cantaloupe that I thought well I'll give this a try but the watermelons look great oh. uh, the cucumbers are really just going up and then of course that um, trombone zucchini Oh man, they're up like two feet, and wow. and I can just start to see the beginnings of some of the flowers. So we'll be we'll have some of those once they come. I'm a, I'm a little little behind, but at least they're growing though. So I, yeah, I, you know, I'm yeah. Not, 
well, stretch you know, it quite, quite yet. We, we got another yeah. 60, 80 days, somewhere in that range, before the end of the season. So, <laughs> end of the frost-free season, I would add. I, I, I have holes in all the leaves on my uh, morning glories. Mm. And my, my brother, who lives in the Catskills, sent me a picture of his morning glories mm-hmm. with, in which the leaves have holes in them. But he caught the culprit, and it wasn't a flea beetle or... It was a long green caterpillar of some kind. Not, not really. Yeah, about maybe about an inch long. Huh. I don't know if it is the creature that uh, uh, tends to uh, put all those like, holes, but we're just one that happened to be there at the time. The cabbage, uh, the cabbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little smaller, a little less threatening in terms of appearance. Yeah, but uh, you know, very much chomping away on those leaves. <laughs> oh boy! You know, uh, and the ash borer is in uh, in Chittenden County now, as well as seven yeah. of the other counties. And guess who has ash trees in its front and backyard? Yeah, I, I have uh, I have some beautiful ash trees, and they're probably oh, probably a good twenty inches or you know through. And uh, I was just talking to my neighbor, uh, one of my son's friends, who does tree work, and. He refused to cut it the last time I asked him to, but I think he's <laughs> he'll do it this time. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful tree, you know. But um, anyway, we'll burn it and use it. But um, it is amazing how half of gardening is doing battle with uh, the rest of nature. You know? The fortress. <laughs> Remember the my little right. fortress. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I will get into the fortress at some point. <laughs> I studied quite a bit about the electric fence, and uh, you know it's a four or five hundred dollars for for my my little garden. Yeah, so it's a big investment, and so far, you know, other than the big old bear, and the big old bear wouldn't mind the electric fence a bit. You know, he he would walk right through that in two seconds. Sometimes. Matter of fact, I, I have to go buy uh, four new compost bins. You know. Well, some, sometimes uh, I was told that the deer aren't immediately uh, spooked by an electric fence, but the remedy was to put some peanut butter yeah. on it. And yeah. if they att- if they approached if they uh, you know if their encounter with the electric fence is that way, mm-hmm. then they do beat a quick yeah. retreat. Doesn't yeah. sound very kind. It would probably chase me away too. Job, yes. <laughs> In about two seconds. <laughs> So I was talking about those apples, and I think I got it all. I think with Forbes' help, we went through, um, you know, go ahead and and thin all the apples. As hard as that is to do, um, it's really well worth it. And as uh, as Forbes mentioned, this will prevent the on again, off again that two year cycle. So you you'll have a steadier supply of apples. Well worth it, and. Um, um, you know, it make a big difference uh, in the long run. And you'll have nicer apples, too. Plus, it gives you a chance to go through and see if there's any bug holes or deformities and, and uh, be real selective. And you'll have top, top-notch apples. We, we've, it's worked for us, and we've had some real beauties, and it's, it's a real pleasure to have them. So as much as that's a hard thing to do, it's important, um, just like with the fertilizing and the... And the um, uh, watering, but also you want to you want to prune out any um, any broken uh, branches that you may see in there, uh, because that uh, is a harbors usually a, a bugs in the in the dead uh, uh, bark of a broken leaf. Also, uh, like mine are um, grafted trees. You know, they're the uh, 
dwarf. There's some dwarfs I got up on East Hill in Plainfield, and uh, the the rootstock is, of course, a very vigorous. Uh, it's usually a crab apple of some sort, and it will it will actually push up uh, suckers right off of the rootstock, right up through. So you want to make sure that you get your your uh, pruners out there and cut them right below the ground get it, it basically just as far down as you can go with them dig out a little bit and prune those out make sure that they don't uh, they don't get started because once they get started they will make a crab apple tree uh, in in short order so you want to keep them out you know one of the things I've been studying is um, how much to plant of the different varieties more or less uh, I've always planted uh, 24 broccoli plants, and that usually is enough for our family to have all the broccoli we want during the season. But um, that's kind of curious. Uh, a question for all of you listening is, how much do you plant of your broccoli? How much do you plant of uh, potatoes? You get enough? I was looking at uh, potato yields, and I swear, this, this is not an exaggeration. One of the lists said you mu- you'll get from 5 to 60 pounds of potatoes per plant. And I'm, th- I'm looking at that. I'm thinking 60 pounds of potatoes from a plant? Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know, I usually figure out about 25 pounds per, uh, uh, you know, per four by four bed, you know, which is, uh, you know, is about, uh, you know, pound and a half, two pounds per plant. So I, I, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit on the low side. And uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, if anybody out there is growing potatoes, uh, knows exactly how much they plant and kind of an guesstimate of how much they actually, actually harvest out of that. I'd be real curious. And uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to take Ed's advice this year, and I'm planting my second round of uh, beets, and we're going to put them in uh, containers. And because we have a real problem, particularly at the end of the season, with uh, voles, voles, yeah, voles are the vegetarians, and mice and the chipmunks all seem to love those sweet beets at the end of the yeah, year. Anything they can dig down during yeah. harvest time. And uh, uh, you know, I. I usually get a pretty good crop. I mean, it's, you know, a three, four inch uh, beet on, you know, each one grows up to. But every once in a while, those those critters get in there. So my wife is saying, well, look, why don't we, for the second round, let's, let's go ahead and plant them in containers. And uh, I have uh, only one left. We had given some away to a friend who, who needed containers. And so I got three of the uh, garden patch containers. They're... Uh, uh, I, the earth box is the one you hear about the most, but the, the garden patch is, is a design that I actually I like. I prefer to the earth box. Um, and uh, for a couple of reasons, it's really easy to fill the, the reservoir on the bottom. And uh, it seems to the, the design for um, uh, wicking up the, the moisture out of that uh, seems to be a little more, um, a little better. But having uh, only tried them a little bit, I'll let you know as I uh, whether this works well or what, not. What's their name again? Uh, Garden Patch. Garden Patch. Okay. Yeah, I you know for three of the boxes it was a uh, hundred bucks, mm-hmm. um, with the included the shipping, and uh, they're about a thirty mm, a thirty inch box, good size box. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm going to give those a try and uh, uh, with the beets this year. And we'll be planting them well, as soon as I get them and fill them and give that, see how that goes, you know. <laughs> see if I, can, if I can beat the chipmunks this time. <laughs> and uh, other critters like the, uh, like the leaves, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great. Uh, the beets are, are, uh, are so productive. Um, it's one of the more productive uh, vegetables in anybody's list because you can get, you know, a, a nice crop of beet greens from even the mature beet. You know, they don't get too, um, would you say, tough as they mature. You know, the stems might be a little tough, but it's real nice to get those beet greens as well as the, the mature beet afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to give that a try. Okie doke. And so um, the some of the things I, I mentioned uh, earlier with the blueberries, um, you, those, unlike the fruit trees, right, the fruit trees, basically the same thing I mentioned, you, you know, all of them, whether they're pears or plums or whatever, they'll have a, a drop and you need to thin them out. And uh, But with blueberries, you don't thin them out. <clears throat> the only way you thin them out is to um, is to uh, cut back the stems in the fall. So you've got about five to seven nice sized stems on them. The same thing with the with the raspberries and the blackberries. You cut out the stems and then you cut them down about two thirds, and that's the only pruning you do. Once they set their flowers and all the rest, all you do is you let them mature and uh, um, and pick them. And pick them. That's uh, that's the key right there. So uh, let's see now. We have uh, let's see the apples and the what else I got here in my notes. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. Um, it won't be long. And uh, now this next month, of course, the Japanese beetles are out now. They don't seem to be too bad this year, but they'll be coming. So make sure you put out your traps. That's a, that's an important item there. And um, I am going to spray my blueberries. Uh, I forgot to ask Forb if he was having any problems with the fruit fly, but um, uh, I'm going to spray them just to be on the safe side. I haven't seen any in any of the traps, but I have such a nice crop, I sure would hate to lose them. So I'm going to give that uh, that a try. And uh, then the other one is the uh, the powdery mildew on your squashes. Mm-hmm. They don't seem big enough now to even worry about, but it won't be long that they're big enough that you wanna wanna go ahead and uh, spray them a little bit. Well, that comes every uh, that comes every year. What do you spray, I, Captain Jacks or? Yeah, uh, uh, actually, I just use the uh, the milk spray yep. myself. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay, we have another caller on the line. Yeah. Good. Uh, good afternoon. Your first name in town. Uh, hey, this is JP in Berrytown. Hey, JP. And uh, I had just tuned in, and I didn't hear what that product was that you bought the for the box garden. You paid like a hundred bucks for oh, it. Oh, I, just, uh, I it wanted was, to hear that again. It's called the uh, Garden Patch. Is the name of garden them. Patch. yeah. The other one is the Earth Box, but uh, I don't know. I I've got these, and and uh, I've liked them, and. Uh, uh, you just, I saw them on Amazon and on Amazon they were 59 bucks free shipping, but, uh, $3 and 50 cents for, um, 
uh, for taxes. But if you go right to Garden Patch's website, it's you get three of them for 105. And, All right. Well, thank you. And that includes the shipping. It's just called Garden Patch. And those Garden Patch. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, sure thing. All right. Bye. Bye. There. Garden Patch it is. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I might, uh, I might try that myself. Certainly going to look at them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so many things you can still plant. You know, say like your radishes, you could do those, of course, and all your greens, your lettuces, and... Um, I, uh, I'm still d- debating, and uh, I have my my uh, two test uh, pot plants, and I haven't decided they're in pots still. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided whether I'm going to put them outside in the ground or if I'm going to keep just keep them in pots. You haven't been transplanting them in Montpelier at the state house, have you? <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. <laughs> it occurred to me as I drove by there this morning. <laughs> I, I actually looked around to see and there was quite a few people there with cameras kind of. It looked like maybe they were trying to see if there were any more than 34. Yeah, I was about to say they 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 take they the uh, pot police uh, <laughs> <laughs> took 34, I, 34 plants, and I'm sure that they're going to burn them, right? <laughs> well, as, mo- as would most anybody else. <laughs> but man, people are out there saying, maybe there were 35. Let me just... Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hiding under the ornamental kale. <laughs> the the pot thickens there. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's not we'll have Ill- to take a pot shot at them, right? It's not illegal. You know, if you, uh, there weren't mature plants. So yeah. Yeah. You could only have two mature plants. The two mature plants, and then what? Four of the. So, at what point do they become mature plants versus? Well, I don't know. I could you could have you could have twenty five or thirty. You could have thirty four immature plants. Once they once they be all mature at the same time, what are you going to do? Arrest all our legislators? <laughs> Some would say that might not be a bad idea. But then again, this is not a political show. This is a gardening show. <laughs> but we have known to spice in a little humor right, now and then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Again, expressing my complete ignorance over pot is that I didn't realize. And I, and when I told Lee this, he got quite the chuckle. He said, "You know, I said Lee, I I know so little about it that I didn't even realize that you grow them for the buds. I always thought you just cut up the leaves and dried them. You know." He said, "Oh no, <laughs> you know, I'm already to cut down my plants, and they have, they're not even close." He said, "From quote, from what I've read, <laughs> from what I've read, yes, that's exactly that's from what, what we preface read. everything. Yeah. What I've been told, <laughs> what I've been told." <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting, you know. I mean, it, it almost warrants another chapter in Ed's book. It does, in as yeah. Much as that, Although uh, we we really haven't. Last year we got a couple of calls. calls on it, yeah. yeah, you know, they were talking about Mexican tomatoes, and right. it took me a while to figure out what the <laughs> heck he was talking about. I was like, Mexican? Oh, tomatoes! But those, but those that uh, you know have developed the skills, there are many nuances. Just, I'm sure, just like with any other vegetable, there's yeah. you know, there's always a good way or an easy way but there's always a better way too yeah yeah well i i don't know any way at this point it's all experimental but we've had no calls this year on on the the pot plants so, well, which is fine with me because i don't know anything if you're calling you call to tell me what well, to the, do the pot growers don't get up until about one o'clock so, <laughs> now, so, now. so you still have time <laughs> that's a cliche <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, I've been taken to task on I don't know how many different things I've said over the years. But it's all tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you know, what the 
the heck? <laughs> In fact, did you hear the Did you hear the boss's program? Uh, homegrown. He played the homegrown weed song. Oh no! Oh yes. Oh, yeah. there. That's a new one yeah. for me. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> homegrown weed. Huh? Yeah, Jim, Jimmy Thurston. You know, the granddad of Vermont rock and roll. Oh yeah, was one of his. That was one of his songs. Uh, <laughs> That uh, he was a little hesitant to uh, to sing it in concert, homegrown weed, but it's become ever since uh, the you know the legality has been settled about having a few home plants uh, of yeah. your own. Yeah, uh, it's become quite it's become quite an anthem, and it's a, the, so he wrote the song in the seventies, and. Uh, uh, it's now, uh, it, it now it, these days, <laughs> all younger generations uh, yes. has, has learned. Uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy, they probably Jimmy, don't. Jimmy T and Homegrown <laughs> Weed. We'll, maybe we'll play it, uh, but okay. Ken played it, Ken played it this morning. Jimmy, Jimmy told me that there was another song he wrote back then that he's never going to perform anywhere yeah. called I Like to Drink in My Car. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll yeah. let that one slide by. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. A slider slide by. Yeah, uh, but I haven't planted mine yet. I've got a couple of seeds, but I haven't planted. Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, of course, in the same vein, we we do plant and uh, harvest quite a bit of tea, mm-hmm. and uh, homegrown teas are really black fantastic. Or, can you grow black tea? I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I haven't been able to do that. No. I don't have the the temps for that. Yeah. Although there maybe there is a cold variety of yeah. of tea. I wonder about that. A regular tea plant. Huh. Yeah, homegrown I mean, what, Vermont tea, wouldn't well, that be something? You know, I mean, I haven't grown the pot plants. I, I say that I'm not a non-consumer. I've never, I've never enjoyed pot, but I drink. Well, you can see, I drink <laughs> gallons of coffee. I'm drinking it right now, yeah. and I do, and I do have my coffee plant growing. Well, a, a nice lady that called this program a, yeah. a couple of weeks ago said that you know it'll be about three years, but you'll have your your coffee tree if you take care of it well, and it's about three years before the first berries appear. But I'm looking forward to even if i only get like five or six <laughs> berries I, i'm looking forward to roasting my own coffee yeah absolutely you know, looking yeah, forward yeah. To, that's that's growing very well yes homegrown coffee that's yeah. been the next song i guess yeah. i i the as i recall she referred to them as cherries cherries yeah yeah and i hadn't heard that before and i i thought that was an interesting and when you do look at them they're red yep. you know the, sure she's right the the nomenclature that I use is simply out of my head. So, yeah, yeah. The cherries, that's what she did say. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so the uh, the teas that we grow, of course, is mint. That's mm-hmm. number one, and, and that's... That's more like a weed than it is something to to garden. You have to you have to be more careful to... It's invasive. Uh, right, right. You, I, I've told the story of my one plant that I got on the Colchester Causeway mm-hmm. and planted it, and, you know, about five <laughs> years later, about a third of my backyard was <laughs> was mint, you know? And yeah. you, you start pulling it up, and the and all the roots are uh, sideways, yeah. you know? You know, like there's a whole web underneath your garden. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We have apple mint and spearmint and peppermint, all three of them. And it's a, funny, because all, all we used it for was just to throw a leaf at a cup of iced tea. <laughs> so, <laughs> Decoration, you know, like 30, right? 30, 30 years. 30 leaves a, a summer would, would have done us fine. <laughs> right. had, had about 500 plants all over the backyard. And it's amazing. I said, gee, I wish the tomatoes would grow that easily. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we would be putting cherry tomatoes in our drinks. Oh, actually, I, I got a. Uh, um, a drink the other day that had a cherry tomato in it. Ah. But anyway, so back to teas. 
if you if you want to grow your own homegrown teas, um, the mint, of course, that's an easy one. That's pretty easy to grow. And if you only have you only grow one, I would recommend the peppermint. I think that uh, that's the most flavorful of the whole bunch. The apple mint was, you know, it's okay. It's it's just not as flavorful. And then um, the uh, chamomile, which is uh, uh, you have to grow sort of as an annual here, even though in some places it does grow as a as a perennial. Matter of fact, if you look in some times in the driveway, you'll see these little chamomile plants, but they don't they're not so flavorful. I sort of thought, oh, this you know I could just harvest them, but they're not as flavorful as the regular ones that you plant. So we uh, we plant those and uh, pick the heads mostly, just the the flower heads and the, and then uh, the other one was the Tulsi or the holy basil it's called, and that's um, that seems to become quite popular over the last uh, oh, five years or so, and uh, Kate Farms actually has them as sets the Tulsi holy basil as they call it, it so it looks a lot like the basil plant. You know, but it's uh, just a, l- a little bit different. And it grows, um, it takes a little bit of warmth. So I do the same treatment as I do my regular basil. I usually put a little hoop over them just to give it a mini climate in there where it doesn't get cool at night. You know, we still, even though it's hot 80 degrees, we're still having nights that are close to 50. If, and anything under 55, basil, eggplants, peppers, they tend to shut down. So, um, but. We grow 16 of them, and out of that, we'll harvest probably a gallon of dried tea. So it, it's enough for the whole the whole season, um, up till the you know get you almost through a whole year. And uh, one of the things that I found that was so good about them is if you let the flowers spike a little bit, there's a little purple flower, sort of like the white flower that you get on basil if they go too far. And if you if you cut them, then the it has a more floral flavor, and it's a delicious, delicious uh, tea, uh, sort of sweetish, you know. And uh, that's that's a great tea to grow, and and uh, not too hard. And uh, yeah, I, I've never been a big tea fan, but mm-hmm. at uh, one of the places I frequent, they have a whole selection of all different kinds of teas yeah. and I use that as an opportunity to to sample and I've always wondered whether some of the ones that are described and actually do have like a, a floral aspect to them mm-hmm. I wonder if they are harvested just as the flowers yeah I wonder know, too you know. I had never done it before and I, I was so pleased with it my uh, my stepdaughter is is spent time in India and she's a herbalist and wow. and uh, Ayurvedic medicine practicing oh, wow. doctor and I said Claudia you, you got to come over and try this tea and she hands down well maybe she was just being nice but she thought it was the best Tulsi tea she wow. ever had but anyway <laughs> we were pretty pleased Excellent. and so what we'll do frequently is my wife has this little mix she does the the Tulsi and the chamomile and the mint you know and she makes up a tea that's uh, it's very good very good, and it's 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 fun to make. And you know, after dinner, well, you probably have a cup of coffee, and I do too. But mm-hmm. with my wife, I'll have this this green tea, and and uh, it's it's very delicious. Really, well worth the time and space in your garden. To uh, the other one we do is uh, rose hips. Oh yes, yeah. And uh, we have a rose hip 
sort of a, a hedge. And uh, oddly enough, some years the the chipmunks absolutely love them when the cherry, you know, the berries or whatever you want to call them, the hips, right. form, right. and they'll go to town on those. And I I sort of wonder how many how many rosehip plants they're planting. <laughs> right, exactly. I've never seen them growing. I might uh, I might just plant them just for the fun of seeing them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the seeds. Yeah, right. Where do you um, where do you grow them? You grow them on it near a trellis or, or? Uh, yeah, we have a trellis uh, in front of them and they're on a hillside actually and and they they tend to grow up and kind of lean over on that trellis. Uh, but they're a bush and yeah. uh, out in the west if you say Rosa rugosa, uh, they say, you know, the multiflora rose and they will they will shoot you for planting <laughs> them because it's quite a weed oh, out yeah. there in the in farm country, you know. Right. Uh, but the rose hip seems to be fairly well trainable. You know, they they'll go in a hedge and and stay put pretty well. Um, and you see the rose hips um, in uh, well, like in the hospital parking lot. I noticed that all all along there they have planted rose hips. Huh, interesting, interesting. First time I've thought about that. We've got another caller on the line. Don't want to keep the callers waiting. Nope. Your first name in town, please. You don't want to talk to me, but I have something good to say to you guys today. <laughs> all right, I, I am going to laud the concept of raised bed oh, in good. the context of mint. Ah, there okay? you go. Yes. So mint, mint in our family, okay? Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern food, everything uses mint. Oh, is that right? My grandmother's amazing iced tea that everybody would come for miles just to have Jenny's iced tea. No kidding. Which, oh, and my mama followed suit with it, and my mom's funeral, I'd say 20 people stood up. Boy, Marianne made the best iced tea. <laughs> so, so good. And one of the integral parts of the iced tea, aside from salada tea, uh-huh was mint. Uh, and uh. so I, of course, want to grow mint here. You can sell it to the co-op at a good price. And I thought, we'll just get mint from my mom's house. Yeah. The mom's house tea is the mint from my mom's house was brought up here from New Jersey. I brought it here. We got rust. We got flea beetles. Mm. It was awful. It was terrible. Uh. So three, two years ago, I got some seeds. And I started seeds, and that was hard. They're tiny, itsy yeah. itsy seeds. And my husband built me a mint raised bed, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've been harvesting the most gorgeous mint in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, is it spearmint or peppermint? It's spearmint. Spearmint, okay. Yeah. It, it, is that, that the one that has the red stem? Uh, I guess reddish, reddish yeah. sort of stem. Yeah, reddish. Yeah, sort of yeah. a deep dark red, yeah, maroon sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Okay. But but. Did the raised bed make a difference? Sure didn't hurt. <laughs> so it seems like it's kept everything out but the mint, and it, it's wonderful. I want to do another bed of it. Yeah. Now, what size bed is it? They... How big is it? Mm-hmm. Let's find out how big this bed is. I, I <laughs> guess Mark would know for sure, but it's prob- this is a smallish bed. This is probably, I'll say five by five. Oh, well, that's a good size by my reckoning. I, that's a good size bed. Yeah. yeah, and the thing that's also great, so this spring, when the mm-hmm. mint wasn't so big and, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not, I tucked in cabbage plants and broccoli plants. Mm-hmm. Not a single bug has mm-hmm. touched any of them, yeah. as opposed to their neighbors down the garden. Yes, I've heard that, that the, that the, 
the it's mint a is a very good repellent. Yeah. And why go and buy spray that costs twenty dollars when you can grow the stuff? So, <laughs> well, I, you know. I'm sure you don't want to grow that in your garden because that's what all you'll be growing very soon. <laughs> well, I, I, it's lost its aggressiveness up here in Ripton. It's not nearly as aggressive as it was yeah. back home. You give it a garden spot, it'll it'll find it'll its grow. way. Yeah, it's well, it beats chickweed, so. <laughs> we can save that for another program. Okay. Uh, do you know about chickweed? Yep. Do you have a theory about chickweed? Nope. Okay. Good. So I won't hurt any feelings if I speak of it. <laughs> oh my God! That is just. It just. It never ends. It's the essence of eternity is chickweed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's little brothers of Japanese knotweed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I will get out of your way if you'd like. Thanks, I could Mom. share with you guys a poem. And yes, and that'd be great, but I, I sort of was hankering for the recipe for this spearmint tea that's the best tea ever anybody ever had. I can give it to you. I can't give you amounts, but I can give you all the ingredients, and yeah. you can play with the amounts, if okay. that's all right. Sure. So Mom always used, she swore by Salata tea. Okay. If you can't get Salata, use Lipton. Don't go after one of these fancy teas. Don't go after Bigelow just because all the people in the baseball world drink it. Okay. Okay, so uh, good just a good black tea. Okay. Three tea bags for, oh, Lord, Half probably count. three quarts of water. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Boil the water. And just boil the water, throw in the tea bags, throw in either a half cup of sugar or your desire of maple syrup. Mm. Okay? That's mm. not too much. That's, that's not getting kind of out of control. Oh, yeah. And a goodly handful of mint. Mm-hmm. And let it bubble for three or four minutes. Then shut the heat off. Let it be. And in the meantime, squeeze yourself. We always do three lemons. Some people like two. Mm. But you want a good amount of lemon juice. And once it's cooled a little, throw in the lemon juice after you get rid of the tea bags. Mm. Um, take the dead mint, which is quite boiled away now. Take that out and give it some fresh mint so that the mint flavor lives on oh, and on oh, and on. Okay, yeah, yeah. And cool it off and gulp it down. And and uh, when you say fresh meat, is that the leaves or do you use a leaf in the stalk? I use the leaf in the stalk. Okay. Right. I don't see any reason why not. Okay. Mom did too. All right, good. And if, well, if you're not pleased with it, we'll bring you some. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, Great. the half cup sugar is probably just fine. I uh, I got a recipe for sweet tea from somebody who knows their sweet tea, and I think it was like two and a half cups of sugar. Oh, too. no, no, no. No, we don't want this to be a dental joy tea. We don't so, want you going to the dentist and having them ask you questions. Yeah, Not yeah, good. Yeah, really. So here's a poem. It's called The Objection to Being Stepped On. Okay. And this is good. At the end of the row, I stepped on the toe of an unemployed hoe. It wasn't. To, it rose in defense and struck me a blow in the seat of my sense. It wasn't to blame, but I called it a name, and I must say it dealt me a blow that I felt like malice prepense. You may call me a fool, but was there a rule that weapon should be turned into a tool? And what do we see? The first tool I tap, step on turns into a weapon. And if you haven't had that happen to you, you are an agile gardener. Oh, that's terrific. What a great poem. I like that one. Yeah, don't try to live it. Just no. know that it really hurts. But I, I, know, I know the routine. All right, good. And if it wasn't a hoe, it would be a rake. 
<laughs> yep, same idea. So take care, and we'll talk about chickweed next week. Okay, well, thank okay. thank you, and, and go Red Sox. I, I heard you talking about them on the radio. Oh, they cut me off. I wanted to share with them Bart Giamatti's amazing, amazing. Do you know the thing that he wrote about the end of the season? No, no. Oh, next time. Okay. It's yeah, not we'll... the end of the season, so we'll save it. For okay, a, okay. thanks for calling, Lola. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke. And, Peter, we have Evan in Montpelier on the line. Evan, welcome aboard. Hey, good afternoon. Um, I had a couple of quick questions. Um, One about your creeping thyme. I I bought a four-inch pot uh, at Kate Farm, in fact. Yeah. um, (laughs) I actually talked to Sally and said, so Peter Burke says there's this thing here. I think it's an herb. I th- it kind of threw her off because I said bees and hummingbirds, and she said, "No, hummingbirds like red." <laughs> yeah, the, the, not not hummingbirds. Right? No, right. I figured that. I said, okay. "Well, it has little pink flowers." It says here on the ticker. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so what I wanted to know about it is, obviously, it spreads out, mm-hmm. but but do the, does the root structure does it really spread? If I or does, is it just? Well, you can do one of uh, well subdivide and you can subdivide and replant. Uh, I think my wife. I mean, we had a good size hillside, so I think she bought like fifty plants. Wow. Okay. And set them all across at the very top, and they naturally worked their way down, and then they worked their way into the garden, and then they worked their way over to the <laughs> to the apple trees, and uh, so they they will they spread going- quite naturally. So was that because they go to seed and spread that way? Or? Uh, I think that they root mostly, but uh, I suspect that my wife is out there transplanting quite a bit because uh, she just loves this stuff, and she loves to mow it. She, so she has a, a couple of spots around the fruit trees where we mow, and she'll mow that down, and mm-hmm. then it's like a carpet, a green carpet. Uh, but I, uh, it does both. I don't know if it spreads by seed or not. I, I haven't witnessed that, but I have seen that it transplants, uh, you know, divides and transplants very nicely, and then it also does creep. Okay, so the, the roots do creep over time. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Okay. No, no question about it. And, and they don't seem to be particular about the soil because they seem to do really well in my bark paths. <laughs> yeah, no, what I read about it, it, actually, Ed Smith has a reference in his Gardener's Bible, mm-hmm. and it, it says it really likes poor soil yeah. and do not, it's sort of like uh, rosemary. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a Mediterranean plant, and mm-hmm. it, you, you, you abuse it rather than really care for it. Well, I, I would put it differently. I think that it tolerates poor soil quite well. But uh, given the garden beds, it will creep right into the garden bed and go crazy. So it seems to like good soil just as well. Well, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. I just want a little patch in my little, you know, 15 by 20 garden sure, so yeah. to, to attract the bees. Now, they get attracted after the flowering takes place, I take it. Uh, yeah, well, ours are just starting to flower now. So. Yeah, mine hasn't flowered yet. So. Yeah, well, but it's just your first year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not established. It probably won't flower until the end of the year. Okay. But it's actually uh, just in a you know a 12, ten inch pot right now. Yeah. Just. So if you don't want it creeping around, uh, make sure you put a, a nice border around it. You know, stone border or brick or something like that. Okay. And uh, that way it'll it'll s- at least keep it confined there, and uh, cut it. it it's a, it's fairly good as a as a thyme herbal thyme if you like thyme. Now we don't use it a lot. I use it in my soup stocks and that kind of thing, but m- mostly uh, it's just for the bees. 
Yeah, well, that's what attracted me to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second question. Um, of course, I wanted to keep you over time because I think you, you're at your best in the last 10 or 15 minutes when, when Joel allows it, you know. <laughs> I'll have to I keep hear, that in mind. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Evan? So What's the, that second question? <laughs> the second question, uh, do you trellis your uh, summer and zucchini squashes? I do. Um, but I do both. I, I have some that I leave as a bush, you know, but... Um, I'll, I'll trellis them, and it's kind of a little more difficult to trellis the, the regular zucchini because it, it sort of has this massive uh, uh, stem, you know, that everything grows off of. Mm-hmm. And so you got to start it right from the very beginning, get it, in it trained up and, and uh, uh, staked up. But I also use the trombone zucchini, which I think is absolutely excellent for, I mean, the, that loves the trellis. It will go up. I use a four-foot trellis, and I'll plant either two or three. And this year I have three of them on there. So about a four-foot trellis, you think? That's a four-foot trellis, yeah. And the same for summer squash? The same for summer squash. Matter of fact, my summer squash, I already starting to put out uh, little squashes. I was really delighted with oh, that. Oh, nice. Well, you got you started much sooner than I did. I, I have to admit, I planted everything late this year, and I, I got them from the co-op. And, and I, I did a double take just yesterday when I looked down and saw them actually, uh, a little, you know, finger, you know, Well, that's size. cool. Yeah, yeah. But um, my... Uh, the uh, the the cantaloupes that I, I'm trying, and those are going to go up on a trellis too. Those are a little yellow, I'm afraid. Um, they need an extra shot of something. So yeah, absolutely, put them up, get them up, get them and, off and the do ground. You, do you just do a straight vertical trellis, or do you do like a, a tent? I've seen some people. I do don't them. care for the tents. I I think they sort of waste too much space. The only purpose that I could use, I could see to doing that would be if you wanted the shade for some uh, some lettuces or or even some, you know, early radishes or something like that. But other than that, I like them straight up. And, and uh, what happens with the, the tent, right, or the, the angled, uh, is that it makes them hard to pick. You've got to get down on your hands and knees and pick them from underneath or, or fish through them from the top. This way, I stand at the back of my my box, right, and and I always have the trellis on the one side, the north side. I can stand there and I can see and pick uh, everything right from right there in the path. Uh, mm. You know, you can sh- you can shake the trellis a little bit and you'll see them swinging back and forth. And so I I prefer them standing right straight up. So what do you think if I'm putting the trellis on the south side because the the, the squashes always sort of want to grow to the edge and beyond into mm-hmm. my lawn, mm-hmm. which is part of why I'm thinking of doing this? Yeah, uh, that that would would do you think they'll climb more easily than if you had them on the north side and where you would certainly have to train them because they don't want to go that way? I don't think. Uh, I don't seem to have any problem with them north or. Uh, actually, no. I, I've never done them on the on the south side. Just give them a try. Yeah, what well, the heck? That's, you know, the, that's the way it's going to work out for yeah. my, my things. So. I think it's a great idea, and you shade your the rest of your um, uh, garden bed a little bit, and then you could plant some lettuces and some of the some of the you know the spring type radishes, and and a lot of things do fine with a little less little less sunshine. Yeah, well, you know, I I get morning sun, and then it's probably quit by around. 30 or 3 so I uh-huh. 
Six know, hours, I've, I've they got, say. I got lettuce probably one of the sunniest parts of my garden, but it's doing great. <laughs> well, at least there's no moss. You're not growing any moss. <laughs> uh, I could. I probably have, you know, because I throw coffee grounds into my compost and everything else, I yeah. probably have some acidic soil that, yeah. that produces some moss. Yeah. I certainly have it in other parts of my lawn where it grows on top of ledge and mm. the grass doesn't grow so mm. well there. Mm. Anyway. So All right. I'm well, good luck. Uh, check I back. Can, but man, I, was, I haven't heard Joel says he's got another caller on the line. <laughs> well, I, I do, but uh, we're oh, enjoying do. you. Well, good. No, let, let them have a turn. And thank, All right, Evan. Thank you for your Thanks help. for call. Let me yeah. know how it goes. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Evan. Shall I allow it? Of course I can. Well, <laughs> well, thank you, Joel. We've got Bobby and Randolph for you. Hey, Bobby. Hey, I got some uh, white strawberries. I wonder if anything I could do to make them come higher and get bigger. White strawberries. White, white strawberries. Yeah, I got a whole patch of them out here in my, between my stump, between my stump and my uh, trailer. Huh. And, they're, they're and they are white. They're wild and they're white. Ooh. I've never heard of them. Well, they they usually are white before they ripen. No, these they are definitely ripe. No kidding. You've got albino no. strawberries, huh? I got albino strawberries. I just uh, don't know. What, I don't know what I can do to keep them coming up that way. Well, you know, grab a plant and and replant it in a in a pot, you know, and from there you can you can divide them and uh, uh, just keep them going. You know, you'll see out of the strawberry. I don't know if you're familiar with the strawberry plant, but it sends a runner out. Yeah, it does. Okay, okay. At the end of that runner, where it lands on the ground, it'll start a new plant there. Okay. okay. So you can once you can help it along, you can dig it into the soil and stick it down in the soil and you'll see the plant come up. You can cut the runner and then pot that plant. Okay. And uh generally I, I, I just never heard of white strawberries before. No, me but they're, neither. They're not, they're not as sweet as uh, as the red ones, but yeah. they're really good tasting. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh me too. I've never about how big are they like uh, the They're they're s- probably about half the size between a a, a tame, tame strawberry and a wild strawberry. Oh, oh wow. So they get so they get pretty big. They get about as big as a I don't know, a thimble. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. That's great for a wild strawberry. That is huge. We, we never planted them. I didn't plant them there. I just <laughs> I, I just been keeping the weeds and stuff out of there, and this year, last year, it, they came up red, and this year, they came up white. Wow, that's something. Nope, never, never heard of that, Bobby. I think you got a you got a rare breed there. Okay, uh, well, I'll take care of it you then. Sh- you 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 call high mowing and see if they want a white strawberry for their. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, kiddo. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. White strawberry. Yeah, red the first year, white the same. If it turns out blue next year, then we've got a <laughs> you new call patriotic it the Fourth of July of strawberry. Variety. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that something, boy? You 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 know something new every time, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess well, we're at the final words part of our final words. Well, the 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 one that I always repeat is keep planting. I'm pulling out my. Uh, my radishes that I told you about, well, I'm going to plant something more in there. And I think I'm going to do mustard greens. Uh, I've got some nice mustard, and I know that's fast growing. Or I'll do the arugula, one or the other. But those are two greens that I just absolutely love. 
water, even though it's raining, check your soil, stick your finger down in there and make sure it's wet down below because a lot of times these summer showers don't do anything for your for your garden. All it does is make everything wet, it evaporates, and it doesn't penetrate in the soil. So make sure that you're watering enough. And then give them some food. It's time to, to fertilize everything. Don't, don't yeah, that, uh, neglect them. Yeah, that, that, that is important. I've had made that mistake in years mm-hmm. past, thinking yep. everything was hunky-dory. Yeah. Well, wait, one quick more phone call. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, great. Going to, okay, you're on with Peter. Hi, this is Mary Mosquitoville. Oh, hey, Mary. I got a Burgess seed catalog just the other day, yep. and it's a white Carolina pineberry. Oh. Strawberries that taste like pineapple. Oh, for heaven's sake! And it says plants generally bear in the spring and then later in the summer like an everbearer. Oh, for heaven's sakes. White Carolina strawberry, huh? Pine, pineberry. Pineberry. Yeah. Wow. So you can look it up on your computer. I don't have one. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, and then we'll get back to Bobby, and that might be what she has. Okay. All right. Well, thank Mary, you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And she said Mosquitoville, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think there's a Mosquitoville in all 14 counties. I, I wasn't sure if that was tongue-in-cheek or they <laughs> actually... <laughs> Oh, Lordy. It's right, it's right next door to Black Flyville. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's adamant. No, we yeah, know where Black adamant. Flyville yeah, is. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. I guess we're done, right? I, 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 think, I think so. And, uh, it's, it, it's now the, the fastest hour and a half on, right. on radio. But we do have fun, don't we? Yes, we do. And uh, our next week, are we on, or is that one of the Yankee weeks? Do Uh-oh. We... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let me just see. Next week's the... Uh, 20th. Uh, no, I don't have anything. Yeah, we I should be on. Red Sox are on at 6 o'clock. So okay, we will great. be here. All right, we'll be here. Week. We'll see you. In the garden. In the garden. I hope to see you. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden with Peter Burke is brought to you by These Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more, Route 2 in Montpelier. By the good folks at PNR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned, they're right on Route 15 in Wolcott. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Guy's Farm and Yard, they've got four locations to serve you, St. Albans, Williston, Morrisville and Montpelier. By the Willie Store, your true value store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Grow Compost of Vermont, growcompost.com. They're on Route 2 in Moortown. And by Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place. Menards Agway, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. We'll see you again next week at 1230 during the noon hour in the garden with Peter Burke. In yonder tree.
in my car. 